and welcome to the Travelling to Bicycle Show, coming to you this time from high atop a hill in France, overlooking the Doubs River. I'm Friedel. And I'm Andrew. And on today's show, we've got some thoughts for you on camping in France and Germany, as well as where we've been over the last couple of weeks. As well as a review for coupling tips uh, for thermorest mattresses. And we're also going to go back to Quebec and play you an interview that we did with a trumpeting cyclist in September. So, on with the show. So over the last couple of weeks, you haven't heard very much from us, and uh, that's because for a while we were visiting my relatives in the north of Germany and eating entirely too much cake. Way too much cake. Yeah. If you've ever uh, experienced German hospitality, then you'll know that every time you go to visit someone, they bring out the tea and the coffee and a plate of cakes and whipped cream. So eventually we did leave my relatives having eaten too much cake and we were definitely out of shape for the first couple days i know even the smallest hill we were out of puff weren't we yeah definitely we certainly we felt every single piece of cake that we ate over the week or so with my relatives it felt like the bikes had an extra few pounds on them yeah but it wasn't too much of a loss because um we were just going through some fairly industrial areas and uh anyway it encouraged us to push on hard and get back into shape within a couple days. That was an area just south of Dusseldorf. There really wasn't that much that I saw in terms of interesting things. I wouldn't overly recommend it for bicycle touring. Um, and then we ended up in Koblenz, which is a very nice little city right on the Rhine and Mosel rivers. And we spent a night there in a youth hostel, which is in a fortress overlooking at, the city. At the top of a very, very steep hill. Yes, and we had quite a climb up that hill, and people stopped us all the way along to tell us how, how, how steep it was and how we were crazy to be going up and on bicycles. But we, we made it somehow up that big hill and spent the night in a very modern youth hostel. And from there, we carried on down the Rhine towards Rudesheim. And that was a lovely day, wasn't it? Yeah, we pretty much just wind, wind our way down through the Rhine. Um, just watching the boats go up and down, um, all the canal boats go up and down, and uh, it was very nice. Uh, lots of vineyards on both sides of the river. Yeah, if you wanted to do some wine tasting, it'd be a great area to check out, and you can also fly in pretty easily to that area to Frankfurt or Frankfurt Hahn, I think, with Ryanair from England. Um, it'd be a great place for a first bike tour or even a mixed group because if you were didn't want something terribly challenging you could just go along the river and if you did want something challenging then you could uh, divert off onto any number of little roads that go up onto the mountains yeah so and then from Rudesheim we split away from the Rhine a little bit and we headed towards France yeah we headed down towards France to pretty much do south trying to get to France as quickly as possible since we're so late getting getting we're so late getting uh south we fi we figured we'd be further south by this time uh but that's that's life um, and we headed into basically into Strasbourg. Yeah, which is a nice Alsatian city. It's got a, a bit of German flair because it was part of Germany um, for various periods throughout history. And uh, you can do lots of good things there like drink beer and uh, eat tart flambe, which is a pizza, very, very thin based pizza with a cream sauce and usually with bacon and onions on it. It's quite good. Uh, so we enjoyed a bit of that. And then from Strasbourg, we picked up a canal, didn't we? And yeah, we're pretty much a canal headed due south uh, all the way to Mulhouse um, and uh, just winded our way through there. Yeah, and uh, since then we've been working our way south, uh, mostly on the canal from Mulhouse to Montbéliard. We were able to follow the canal all the way, there was a path the whole way and that was pretty easy cycling. And after Montbéliard we lost the canal a little bit and so today we're doing a diversion in the mountains. Yeah, a little bit of a hill climb and uh, just a different scenery. Uh, come into areas that are obviously for milk production. 
Yeah, lots of cows around. I don't know if you can hear the cowbells in the background, but every corner we come around, there's another pasture full of cows. So it's quite scenic. It's a very, very pretty area. I don't know how many touring cyclists come through here, but you could quite easily, if you could get yourself to Montbéliard or even to Strasbourg if you had, say, a week or so, you could come down on the canal from Strasbourg, stop in Montbéliard. They've got quite a big tourist bureau there, and they had lots of cycling maps. Yeah, they had lots of information for to, to give us for cycling routes around the area, uh, various various difficulties, you know. Yeah, and for mountain bikes as well as for road bikes, so it's probably an area to check out and maybe a, a slightly under-touristed area compared with some of the places a lot of uh, English and Canadian and American tourists go to in France. So so that's where we are now. We're uh, just by the Doubs River heading for Besançon, um, and we thought maybe in this podcast we'd talk a little bit about our camping experiences over the last week or two weeks. And it was kind of funny because before we left, we were doing a little bit of research and everyone said, just camping in October, camping in November, don't you know all the campgrounds close? And we were a little bit worried, weren't we, that we were going to have to take hotels every night? Yeah, we were. We, it's far from the truth. We picked up a brochure in Alsace that basically showed about... I'd say a quarter of the campgrounds, A quarter maybe? of the campgrounds are probably open year-round. Yeah, um, and in Germany, we didn't have a guide, but we did find just by asking around that there were quite often campgrounds that were open. What happens is that they tend to have, what happens is they tend to have people who have year-round plots. So as long as they're there, they have to stay open for their year-round tenants. And it might be a bit cold, but as long as you've got a good sleeping bag, um, certainly now we're into mid-November and we've had no problems at all camping. Yeah, we've only really had one or two days of really cold weather in the morning, but that's just the morning and... Once you, once you get everything set up and packed away, you're all right. Yeah, there's only been a couple of occasions where we haven't been able to find campsites and so we've taken hotels. But if you're thinking of coming to France or Germany in the off-season and you'd like to camp, you know, the weather forecast looks fairly favorable, then uh, I would say go for it. Maybe do a bit of research. But there definitely are campgrounds open out there if you just ask locals or stop into the tourist bureau and they'll be able to help you out. And as far as our experiences in camping in general, it's been uh, pretty good, cheaper than we expected. Yeah, a little bit cheaper than uh, than it was in Canada. But um, yes, it seems that everything's allotted at a certain price. You, your plot is allotted a price uh, per person, as on top of that. And then also, if you want to have a shower, it's it's another it's another price as well. But that's not running us more than ten to fifteen euros, basically. Yeah, I don't even think we've paid fifteen. I think the most we've paid is maybe twelve or thirteen absolute tops. There was yeah. one campground tried to charge us eighteen, but we just left and went and found <laughs> another for ten euros a, a few kilometers down the road. So a few kilometers down, twenty five kilometers. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, twenty five kilometers down the road. But the point is that was the exception rather than the rule. That's right. Yeah, uh, the only thing I would say is that you don't always get your own site um, sometimes they just put you on a little corner of grass that might be near the reception or it might be around back in the campground they they're more set up for caravanners than they are for tenters mm. um, but in general they're very happy to have you there and it's not a problem yeah they might look at you a bit strange <laughs> well i guess you get used to that if you're traveling on a touring bike you get lots of looks as you're going down the road with all your bags anyway so yeah so those are our experiences on camping overall pretty good and you definitely can do it out of season you may just need to do a little bit of research on which sites are open and which ones are closed and, and visit some tourist office along the way well we be, before we ramble on for uh too long we do want to backtrack just a little bit and take you back to Quebec where we were in september and we met a very interesting cyclist whose name was richard jacobson we met him just outside of Kamaraska in Quebec on Highway 132. And we rolled up beside him and started talking to him and noticed that he was carrying a trumpet. 
and I thought that was quite intriguing so we did a little interview with Richard so he could tell us what he was all about uh, so here it is I hope you enjoy it there is a little bit of wind noise in the background um, and a couple cars passing by because we did record this on the side of the road uh, so I hope you can bear with us but I think it's definitely worth a listen uh, my name is Richard Jacobson uh, from Wichita Kansas and uh, I've been biking on the velo this is my 12th year every year for about six months last year seven months and my first time in Canada first time in Quebec and I'm in love with Quebec learning the French language but I play trumpet as I travel I was in Europe six years Germany a lot of other countries uh, Scandinavia Norway a lot of England Switzerland from 1995 to 2001 then I came back I've been biking in the States since 2001 uh, through the East Coast, mainly Kansas and a lot of the East Coast. Uh, just an adventure every day, not knowing what's going to happen every day, but always something good. What is it, um, aside from the adventure, that you enjoy about cycling? Is that the main thing that draws you to it, or are there other things? Because that's a large chunk of your life to devote to cycling, six months a, a year for 12 years. Well, I always loved sports uh, and, I, I, and the outdoors. So uh, when I became a Christian in 1976, I just planned this long cross-country trip uh, in the States so I traveled 3,000 miles in what, eight weeks there so that was my first experience and just changed my life that that tour so then a few years later I started playing the trumpet again I played in high school so it all kind of fits together the music the sleeping bag and the bicycle and my, my lifestyle you were saying to me earlier that you don't actually carry a tent so what do you do in terms of sleeping you just pull up wherever you happen to be and well, when I uh, went over to Europe in 1995, I took all my gear and, and bicycle with me. I had a tent, but I got tired of putting up the poles and building it. So I, in Wales, in Snowdonian Mountains, where the British commandos practiced, they had some great camping equipment. I bought a really awesome uh, bivouac cover for the sleeping bag. And, uh, so just with that cover and a lean-to with a rain poncho, keeps you warm and dry. Fantastic. And tell me about this trumpet, because most cyclists that I talk to try and go lightweight, you know, and they take the tags off their clothing and do all these extreme things to try and cut down on the weight. And you've got a trumpet. That doesn't really fit in with the mentality of <laughs> a lot of cyclists I meet. Well, the trumpet is pretty small. Uh, other instruments would be, be very difficult, but uh, so it doesn't weigh that much. So... It's just a part of my gear, part of my life. It has worked out perfectly. I just had a bicycle stolen, a Trek, new Trek disc bike stolen. And so I had to regroup with a Canadian build CCM with a Canadian uh, maple leaf flag on there. <laughs> and I just bought uh, a Quebecan flag at Walmart <laughs> in River de Luz. So I'm really uh, enjoying this trip. My equipment. It's not uh, that heavy, and it's just... Uh, yeah, I noticed well. you don't have any front front panniers at all. You've only got stuff on the back, so... Yeah, just the back. I did have one on the handlebar one, but I don't need that now. What with, my, with, my, with my backpack I carry. Will you play a little bit of trumpet for us? Yeah, I'll play, uh, I'll play an old Christian hymn is what I mainly do. I'm, on this journey, I flew through a lot of the Europe and... Uh, to end in Israel one day to live there. So I have a message to the French, God bless you, uh, to the French peoples uh, in Quebec. So I, did, I just played old hymns and point people to, to God. 
travel, so I'll do an old here. Let the other trucker go by here first. <laughs> People know it's authentic anyway. We haven't we haven't uh, put in the sounds of the birds. We are actually on the field. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Who do you play for normally? Do you, do you stop and play for people on the side of the road or do you just play for yourself? Yeah, I'll go in, in maybe in the, usually in the center of town, the old town wherever I'm at, in this journey in the States or here, where, the, where this town really began, near a courthouse or something like that, and play. Maybe a couple hours every day. And live by the donations that people give me. Either traveling, they'll stop me and, and, and give me donations or when I'm playing music. So you don't actually fund this trip by, by working the other six months of the year, or? No, I don't. I don't really have a, a job. I do uh, an off-season odd job gardening and landscaping, what I love, to, I love to do, which I mainly have done before. So, and God provides. So what are you going to play for us now? This is uh, from Catholic Mass uh, at Duma Jalou Catholic Church. Called the acclamation. Okay. Maybe I'll just read out the words. Alleluia, alleluia, parole du Seigneur. Alleluia, alleluia, parole dans nos cœurs. trumpet is just a part of everything you're doing. So oh yeah, it's my heart. You know. How did you feel when your last one got stolen? Were you caught upset oh, about that? Oh, like, uh, you know, more than getting the wind knocked out of you. It's like getting the wind knocked out of you, but worse. Was it life is, I mean, down here at least in this life, that was my life stolen. So it was a real shock a long time getting over. Still kind of shocked from it. Yeah. But... I regrouped, and what I've got now is it's just great. A Walmart sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big fan of Walmart. Walmart Since we met you, you've been saying about this from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> My trumpet is brand new. Bought at a pawn shop in Toronto. It was a great case. Brand new for only 170 bucks. 
communicate. So, and I really like the CCM uh, bike. It's been 18 gears all I need. I had 24 gears. I don't need that much. So. Yeah. And have you had any any things you needed to fix? Many punctures along the way, or just anything like flat, that? Just one flat, just one flat, and that came from a bump, hitting a bump. One flat since you got the bike, or one yeah. flat in 12 years? No, one flat. <laughs> no, a lot more than, than this. I call my bicycle my wife. <laughs> Is that a good thing or, or a my bad horse. thing? <laughs> because I don't have a wife, so I joke uh, yeah. around with the, the French people. This, this is my thin, thin, I say. <laughs> it gets me to where some kind of stubborn has a flat tire once in a while. So. <laughs> so where's where's the rest of your journey taking you? At least this part of it. Oh, I'm going to head down to Brunswick and Nova Scotia. I got a month left uh, biking. I think I can make it in two weeks to St. John's in New Brunswick, and then end up uh, partly to uh, Nova Scotia to Halifax. And I end up in Maine uh, with a boat where a friend will meet me from New York. Where I'll stay the winter and we'll, we'll ride back. Right, and then next summer you'll do it all again somewhere else. Oh, Canada is a place I just, it's my best trip, and I didn't, I had no clue. I've been many places, like I say, in England, and Ireland, Norway, over there. But the St. Lawrence River, Valley Fisher, is incredible. I would like to come back, and maybe next year, early spring, I might come back to Penns and then go back to Europe. I really plan to go back to Europe next June. Well, thank you very much. Okay. And happy travels. Oh, God bless you. It's been uh, my honor. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Richard. We thought one of the other things we do while we're on the road is maybe give you some reviews of some of the gear that we've been using. We were hoping to actually call this section Beer and Gear, where we drink a beer and review that while we reviewed a bit of gear. But here we are at the top of the hill. No, and and we have no beer. Yeah, so maybe next time we'll do Beer and Gear. <laughs> but for this time, we'll just talk about the gear. And what we thought we'd talk about this time is the Thermarest coupling kit. Yeah, basically, this uh, thermos are little one-inch mattresses, basically, that insulate this from the ground. Um, basically, when you get get two of them together, they, they tend to move apart and just throughout the night. So the coupling kit is basically designed, supposedly, to hold these two mattresses together so they don't slide apart. Unfortunately, the when we bought it, we didn't actually look in to see what it actually was. But when we finally opened it up, it was basically two strips with a couple D D rings on it, and that was about it. Yeah, it's like two sort of flat pieces of slippery tape or, or ribbon with um, little buckles like you would get on a backpack to hold it all together. And we were a little bit underwhelmed, to say the least, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, we were a little bit underwhelmed because we thought we'd... I thought it would be something more substantial, something maybe you inflate a little bit and hold the, hold the two edges together or something. But all it is is basically uh, two loops around the uh, what two loops around one mattress and, t and the other two loops around the other mattress, and they don't move. Yeah. True, it it does work, but uh, it seems a bit of a faff. I mean, probably we could have probably used some duct tape <laughs> at the most. <laughs> I don't know about duct tape, but you could definitely go into any kind of craft store and get some sort of flat ribbon i wouldn't use rope because that would stick in your back all night but some some sort of flat ribbon and just tie the darn things together and it would take up less room and less weight and, and it would be, be cheaper able, and you'd be able to use it for something else yeah exactly so we think when it comes to the thermorest coupling kit we wouldn't bother no i think we probably would have ditched it but we'll we'll keep on to it for now and then if we lose it we lose it well i guess that's just about it for this show where are we heading from here andrew 
Uh, I think we're heading down some more canals and uh, heading towards the Aldesh for our farm stay, which hopefully shouldn't be too far away. Yeah, I think we're looking probably at another seven or nine days down to the Ardèche. We'll hopefully get to Besançon tonight if we don't spend too long at the top of the hill. And then on to Dole and through Burgundy and eventually south. We're not quite sure exactly where in the Ardèche, but hopefully there's an email waiting for us telling us where it is we're meant to be going. Um, we're going to stay there a couple weeks on an organic farm and work for room and board. And then we're going to head into Spain, where hopefully it'll be a lot warmer than it is here right now. That's right. Hopefully, we'll probably end up in Spain for Christmas, uh, looking at this point now. We had hoped to get to Morocco, but that's looking a bit ambitious. So right now we're thinking maybe we'll go for Barcelona, probably. Yeah, should be nice. So who knows? Next time we'll probably be coming to you from the Ardèche. And uh, in the meantime, take care and happy trails. <laughs>